0: Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Azure podcast with your hosts, Sam Foote
1: and Alan Armstrong.
0: If you're new here, we're a pair of Azure and Microsoft 365 focused IT security professionals.
1: It's episode 10 of season 4. Sam and I had a recent discussion around the global secure access, a feature that was announced with the rebrand of Azure AD to Microsoft Entra ID. Here are a few things we covered. What is Microsoft Entra Internet Access? What is Microsoft Entra Private Access? How do these features help secure access to the internet and to SaaS and internal applications? And how is it deployed and how is it licensed?
0: We have noticed that a large number of you aren't subscribed. If you do enjoy our podcast, please do consider subscribing. It would mean a lot to us for you to show your support to the show.
1: It's a really great episode. So without further delay, here's the episode.
0: Hey, Alan, how are you doing?
1: Hey Sam, not doing too bad. How are you?
0: Yeah, good, thank you. We've we've got a new one this week, haven't we?
1: Yeah, new um, new features on uh, Microsoft Enter ID.
0: And from the sounds of it, they sound um, pretty big. To be totally honest with you, from from what I've read so far.
1: Yeah, from the sort of light exposure um, to it that I've had. So. Um, We've I've done a little bit of playing with it, but it's it is definitely very new and still sort of trying to catch up with everything that it can do. So bear with us.
0: <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels like um, a completely new concept to at least us, anyway. Right? You know, um, it, it's mainly focused around networking, and um, and that's not usually an area that we we certainly have to sort of worry ourselves with too much right we get involved in it but
1: yeah i was gonna say we we get involved and we have some i'd say we have some good background in networking Um, yeah no not i wouldn't say we're experts but um (laughs) yeah we definitely get the concepts and everything so yeah yeah. it's
0: just when you have sort of a you know quite a disruptive technology um you know coming in you know to sort of you know uh, move away from more traditional concepts it's it's definitely an exciting time and and it's it's definitely something that we should all be aware of. I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Stephanie, this um, what we're going to talk about today is definitely not weird, but seems uh, it's definitely wouldn't expect it to turn up in in where it did. In the yeah, stack. definitely
0: yeah. Without a doubt. right? So should we should we jump into it, Alan? Um, yeah, sure. Can can you sort of give us just a uh, an overview of what uh, Microsoft Entry Global Secure Access is?
1: Yeah, so microsoft venture global secure access is um the umbrella of a couple of products or features underneath it so it's like the, the under it's the sort of gen unified labeling for for this sort of functionality so um underneath it is uh, microsoft venture internet access and microsoft Venture private access um but generally the concept of of all of it is around um this solution being a um a, a security service edge uh so being sort of the the, the location for traffic and uh managing um traffic uh, secure yeah you know, acts securing access to um to the internet and to to local you know internal resources so it's kind of bringing in the um zero trust uh identity first uh, verify all the time to um, various um, services that you may be running um so yeah that's kind of sort of it in a, in a quick nutshell In like you know from what we've seen from it um it seems very interesting especially you know private access and you know internet access
0: and is this effectively um these solutions sort of replacing um you know traditional sort of vpn solutions that you would have you know from a device into you know either on prem or your cloud resources
1: yeah so it's it's bringing in some capability like you said it's like kind of replacing traditional vpn solutions um as well as um potentially some um proxies sort of scenarios as well so it's kind of bringing them into into the same into the same sort of solution Um, and it is very tied to you know zero trust so it's you know proving who you are and then what access you have to to certain you know sites or you know applications etc so um, it's definitely bringing that part into it now so it's kind of the the next piece of the puzzle of you know the the zero trust principles
0: so i suppose if can i just work through the topology a little bit sort of outside inwards maybe are we talking mm-hmm. about users on devices that are then peered to where are they peered to is it i assume it's microsoft and their their network
1: yeah exactly so yeah it's going from from end user devices to um uh, some of it being you know, tunneled you know, to Microsoft to to their to their gateway in effect and then going to various applications things like that where you need to
0: and then um, on on the other side of that you know as it moves through I call the big blob in the middle of Microsoft right and then off the other side of that it's either going to private access your you know resources on prem or other private I assume virtual networks etc I am guessing and then, or it's going back out to the internet at that point to your saAS applications, your you know other various internet um, connected systems that you you communicate with,
1: yeah, exactly, and there's some other bits in there um where you can you know, it does't have to go through that tunnel um as well, so you can do be quite granular with some of it.
0: Okay, and and you mentioned sort of like web content filtering. I suppose that's really the um, entra internet access sort of part of it. So do you want to start off there, and, and we'll talk about um internet access?
1: Yeah, sure. So so entra, entra internet access is securing access to your well, sc- securing access to three six, another way of securing access to three six five, your SaaS applications and um potentially the the internet apps you know. Uh, internet apps out there as well um so what it's doing is some of it is so a lot of it is um sort of identity you know centric um and it's using it's in effect you know bit uh delivering a cloud delivered um uh, secure web gateway so it's allowing you to then you know filter the internet and protect users from malicious um sites things like that so we have some of that with Microsoft Defender for Endpoint, of course, um, and we have web content filtering there, but it's on a device level, so it's per device rather than per user. So this is where it, this is kind of bringing in that per user scenario where you know finance teams might be able to access different applications, you know, uh, different you know web categories from you know from a web content filtering perspective. You might have the security team that needs to access hacking tools and websites to, you know, to, to do, you know, advanced threat hunting and things like that. Um, so instead of just being that device that has all that access, it's based on the user and when they sign in. So that's, that's part of that. Um, it can, you know, run alongside another SSE, a, um, an SSE solution. Um, so it can run alongside that. So you can sort of transition from that point. But because, um, because I think it's going via or potentially going via um, Microsoft, then there is advanced um, advanced uh, logs about where the user go, not necessarily where they're going, but where they're, how they're accessing 365 and things like that and what profile they used. So now you know the activity of accessing SaaS applications is now enriched even more than it is today. And it does into conditional access so now you know when they want to access you know an application or i guess the internet and again i've not fully looked at this yet um it may be a web category or something there might be that we can enforce a different mfa prompt for it and you can potentially also exclude it from mfa for some scenarios because you know it's going via you've already detected who that user is on that device because they've signed in and there are some new, um, like, locations that you can use because it knows it's come from the Internet Access Gateway, in effect. So you can now start using conditional access to be a bit more um, simpler or, in effect, like you would do before, where you'd have, you know, everyone is coming from this IP address. When In a VPN solution, this is now saying, well, they've been verified, so I now know that they're okay to go direct to Microsoft or they go through this tunnel because I just want to be extra, you know, extra secure. Or a SaaS application only supports, you know, an IP address filtering, not anything else. So, so yeah.
0: So, if we sort of think about um, a a traditional VPN solution, am I right in saying that most, if you utilise SaaS applications in your business? Are you split tunneling those SaaS applications through your VPN traditionally?
1: So, so yeah. So in in you know recommended best practice for for Microsoft as a SaaS application is to split tunnel because it's better to, for it to go straight direct because like you know Teams going over a VPN to the bridge would be you know in voice calls things that would be potentially terrible.
0: Yeah, and and i suppose tls is there to protect that yeah i assume right um so so, so tradition so your more traditional vpn is like a pipe to your your your, your private corporate world right yeah. more than it is you know these sort of SaaS applications uh, going through um but what that then so traditionally um, conditional access would be in place for a vpn just to open the pipe right you know like you know challenge when connecting in, in or some scenarios
1: sure. yes where yeah. we're supported and things like that yeah
0: but what we're getting the ability to do is to have more fine grained conditional access per per potential sas application and also having it you know um effectively tunneled through Microsoft's network. You know, all the all the way through from, you know, browser, all the way to 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 end application, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And one thing is that is interesting around it, which I think you'll find interesting is, say, like you want to, you're, you want you you you're worried about users collaborating with other tenants, and you know they can be invited to other tenants, can't they? They can, you know, they don't. They're not necessarily a restriction for them to not go and talk to the other ones potentially i mean we have got the tenant restrictions now in place there are some of that but you know there's no reason for that to happen with this you can enforce that they can't talk to another tenant unless it's in the um if it's in the um tenant sentence in enter id
0: right okay
1: because it knows, it, it picks that information up and says, well, no, you can't talk, it, yeah, it is office.com, but I know that you, you're you not allowed to talk to that tenant as well.
0: The The scenario I'm thinking of is is enforcing MFA for a, an application that doesn't support MFA, potentially. You've got some legacy SaaS application that you connect to, right? And maybe it's not SSO'd, and maybe it's, you know, It's some really important system in your business that you can't live without, but it's terrible. Um, You know, before, I assume you could have done that by forcing that traffic through your VPN, right? And then effectively having that that way. But that does take a lot of skill and care to get right, doesn't it? And sometimes that doesn't always work correctly, does it? You know, just trying to isolate specific network traffic for you know, some random website that you want to enforce some conditional access on, right? Or Yeah,
1: so we don't... I don't know yet, because some of it is private preview and the private preview is closed, whether you can specify MFA to specific websites yet. Okay, right. But you can specify a profile for that user and what they're allowed to access on the internet, potentially, or the web categories at least, and they would have to MFA... You could tell them they have to MFA to be able to then... So, kind of like opening the tunnel for them, and then Cause you that's you but
0: you would use content filtering to block them, basically, yeah, in, into that profile.
1: F- yeah, from okay. from what I've seen, you know, very high level scenes. So it might be down to the granular level. We don't know. I don't know. Okay,
0: yet. right. Yeah, because when when I see things like you know continuous access evaluation and conditional access, and and from the infographics that I've seen, it's like dedicated tunnels. You know, not just specific it's not one big pipe that we're just getting access to it's it's more it's, it feels more granular than that um, from what i've seen
1: yeah and, and one of the features um that microsoft are calling out on is that you know if if tokens are stolen and then reused somewhere else it's part of the conditional access you know you you're doing that check for what the compliant network they're coming from so having that agent on and, and in right. determining which way you go it's able to tell Azure AD is able to basically check in or conditional access check in to see if you're still coming from a compliant endpoint or compliant right. you know network, so it's, it can't just reuse that token.
0: Yeah, because we, we see that a lot, you know. Um, I don't know what the exact term is, but effectively scraping tokens from local and session storage in browsers, right, is a real challenge. You know, uh, dodgy. Um, Browser extensions, etc., that have access to those contexts, right? So, you know, effectively, if there's a token in somebody's browser, then, you know, you don't need their password at that point, right? You don't even need their login details that at that point, do you? You just need their token, you know. And and basically, what you're saying is, is that you can effectively tie the access to that application through your your peering into this system, and even if I did manage to grab the access token from your browser it's effectively useless because i'm not transiting over that network right
1: yeah and another feature which i'm not sh- i'm not sure how it works but they're talking about that um you can send the traffic from you know, from your, your desktop clients which is kind of what we've been talking about but also from a remote network so you can almost create the connection from a you know, a router or you know a VPN endpoint for a, for a branch, for example, and bring that to go through the the the, you know, the internet access, the the brokers, and everything. So you can ca- capture other things going that way. I'm not quite sure how that works, but it sounds interesting as well.
0: So they're also saying it's not just at the device level; it's also at the network level as well, potentially. Give yeah. me that access. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I suppose. I suppose we've we've kind of talked about it really, but you know, what is what's the major sort of benefit for organizations, you know, for having, you know, specifically internet access? Because that's usually something that is that usually something that organizations are as concerned about? Or are we thinking more B2B SaaS applications here with when we're talking about internet access?
1: I mean, when we talk about internet access in an organization, yes, they have an internet pipe, they have a firewall, they have a proxy, you know, on site. Um, when you move to hybrid working then that isn't there and don't get me wrong there are cloud you know cloud proxies said scalar you know and and various other ones out there Um, and they can take you know your internet not necessarily internet traffic but proxy your web traffic to you know protect it and that but it's a you know microsoft are bringing in another tool that is in in you know in the microsoft family in effect bringing that zero trust in because you have already you know all users already signed in with azure ad and you know it's all there so then it's just bringing this next this next piece of the puzzle in so yeah you would you would potentially have vpn things like that but i think you know it's come to that point of you've got all these different solutions looking after different parts of your network or different parts of your you know access to, to to services So it's that whole sort of, you know, do you have separate siloed solutions that then can't talk to each other potentially from a, from a, you know, from a security perspective, Um, or do you have one where it's, you know, integrated into that, that Microsoft product suite where, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if this data starts going into Microsoft 365 Defender and becoming, you know, enriching all that data in there
0: yeah because i i suppose i probably don't have the the knowledge in the sort of advanced networking space to what other you know zero trust networking you know solutions are out there right because uh, you know this is the only lens that, that i've already got of it but i can see exactly what you're saying because there's a big disconnect there between your access to a network and also the other zero trust principles that we've got That we've had for a long time with endpoints in sort of cloud identities right
1: yeah well you know microsoft brought in that continuous evaluation into conditional access so it's checking always where you are what network you change to and what your like state you know your compliance or position is and when that changes then that might change what your access is with this you know your your access to something is it's the same thing when when your acts your position changes. so maybe all of a sudden, your device has now been partially compromised, and you know Defender for Endpoint is now working its magic to resolve itself. But you can still you're still working in the background. You know this is now going to go hang on. Something's happening here. Your risk, your device risk level now gone to medium or high. That's now changed. Conditional Access sees that and goes hang on. No, I'm not letting you access anything because Conditional Access says even on this net, or even from this you know network, we're going to stop it. And then that prevents you know you you fail the conditional access yeah, etc. And then that's you know then that this I'm assuming this product would then stop the you know, access at that point. I'm not reliant on not necessarily reliant fully on Defender for Endpoint to block that user.
0: Yeah, there's there's sort of multiple things at play, and I assume this doesn't require Defender for Endpoint to operate. Is this completely separate tech
1: yeah and, and that's probably fair to say as well yeah you don't have to have defender for endpoint for it in effect um in effect you've got to install an agent get an agent deployed and then that acts as your you know your um local uh, sort of managing your, your network traffic in effect or your connections and where they go
0: so however you provision and support applications in theory it can be rolled out standalone right sounds like yeah yeah exactly so
1: it might be that you're not on the journey you know maybe you're not at um i mean again we're we're jumping around a little bit but at the moment we don't know what licensing it needs because it's public preview yeah so we don't know if it's gonna be part of p1 or p2 or how much of it is p1 p2 or if there is going to be another skew yet
0: yeah, well, it's 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 also you know organizations' priorities, right? Their roadmap in what they you know they might mm-hmm. still be licensed with their current EDR solution for they might have another three years to run on it, right? Yeah, you know, or you know they might be really happy with the product that they've got. Um. So, you know, it it seems like this security services edge solution is a completely different solution and product than. What else is there in the suite? Right. It's, it's completely standalone. Yeah.
1: And it's probably worth sort of mentioning that, you know, large organizations probably do have the skills, the the technology to do this today with, you know, Cisco's, etc. Et but there may be some smaller organizations that can't, don't have the staff to support it or don't have the hardware to support it because you know that hardware is expensive and don't get me wrong you can get cloud services as well but it's then having the skills to then manage that plus integrations with azure ad or entry id um and things like that this is kind of just kind of feels like it's a few tick boxes and it's set up in a, in a, a deployment of a you know an agent and you it's almost it's not i don't well from what i've seen it doesn't seem too difficult you don't have to be uh, you know a a full networking um god kind of thing
0: yeah i suppose it's it's still that single management plane isn't it of azure portal right it must still be is it
1: well it's moving into entra oh yeah but yeah but yeah
0: but it's it's a web user-friendly portal right you know where it's configured um and you know it's centralized management of those uh deploying those agents right you know all those agents are cloud first configured you know there's no on-premise it's it's all device based, isn't it there's nothing on-prem that you need to don't have like an agent on a server that sits on any network because this is zero trust right this is not device not for the internet access part no okay well should Um, we talk about private access because that's that's probably yeah equally if not more so exciting
1: yeah so private access is as it sounds giving private access to your your corporate network and in effect, using the same technology, but in effect, tunneling via Microsoft to then come into your network, and it sounds—I guess that kind of sounds a little scary when you think about it like that. It's just you know, going via via Microsoft to then come into your network. Well, how is it getting in? So, if anyone's used it, it's using the the, the technology and the capability of um, the app proxies. So this has been so you've been able to do this for websites for years now. So as a quick sort of overview of, of Azure, Azure AD app proxy or Microsoft Enter ID app proxy, um, you deploy an agent on your network. Um, in effect, it's like a reverse proxy. And then in Azure AD, in Microsoft Enter ID, you then create an application which references uh, on-premise uh, application URL, and then it gives it a public-facing one, and then you can add conditional access to it you can do Kerberos single sign-on for it, um, if supported, and then in effect, you can bring a into application to the cloud for them users to, to consume. So this could be used for, you know, external external people that are guest access, then accessing that application. Maybe they can't do sa- you know, they can't do single sign-on, but they can get to the, the portal to then sign in with their you know local credentials. Um, so it just allows you to then bring all your applications um accessible from anywhere securely because in effect you've got azure azure id microsoft enter id as your front door and that's you know that's having millions of transactions against it and, and potential attacks so that is you know protecting that just your application so it's using that technology to then tunnel to your internal applications so this i say applications but actually this is sort of legacy. I say legacy. It's like on-premise services like RDP, SSH, um, SMB. Now, if you you know beforehand, you'd have to have a VPN and pay for a VPN to do that, and you'd have to then do all your, your your policies to allow that access. In effect, with this, you're able to specify those those remote applications, and I think then they turn up in um Conditional access as applications, and then you can put MFA on them, which beforehand you'd never be able to do. Like you said, Sam, it would only be on the the VPN gateway, you know, the VPN connection. Now you have to do a, a bit of control about what applications user can access, and also what type of MFA they have to do. Maybe they have to do like a 502 two key for the finance or the HR systems when they're accessing remotely i say remotely but i i believe that because you've got that agent on your your client when you're on the network it will do the same thing it will add mfa to those those services so you can in effect you know bring the mfa checking who they are etc on the network before accessing your, your local resources which i think is very powerful
0: wow yeah because traditionally when you were inside the castle walls, so to speak. It's it's usually just free reign at that point, isn't it?
1: Right. Yeah. So y- yeah, unless you've yeah, you know, unless you've got you know, depending on what the services are from application perspective, yes, maybe for for secure resources, you might have previous access workstations, things like that in place where they're they're segregated a little bit, but you still you still be able to just RDP them. You wouldn't be able to do, well, you wouldn't be able to do MFA with then without, without adding, then adding a plugin because i think like duo um do a plugin for, for just for rdp to do you know mfa
0: so so what you're telling me is that with this app proxy is basically expanded to not just websites but other protocols now is that essentially yeah. what's happened here right and then but what you're also telling me is that i get full conditional access granular control for any protocol so I'll give an example. I could say if I want to access a share somewhere, an SMB share somewhere, I could force a certain type of stronger MFA, like I'm going to do a FIDO, ch- a FIDO two challenge instead of a, you know, as an example, like you know they can't do. Yeah. There's a more restrictive set of MFA, you know, um, uh, what is it? Um, challenges. Sorry, mine went blank there. You know, I can do those types of things with, with all the other power of conditional access as well, but for all this on-prem and different protocol good, goodness.
1: That is that is what I'm s I'm seeing it as, yes. So the the way I see that working, and again I haven't had a chance to test it, is that when you request uh so to set it up in a fetch you specify IP ranges or IP addresses in your policy or fully qualified domain names and then based on that when they get you know when your network when you're trying to access those this agent then realize sees that and then it checks the policy see if you need to do mfa or you need to you know, apply conditional access then it goes off does that check brings up the prompts get you to to fulfill what is required closes down and then it creates that connection then you know, opens the connection up for x time until you, know, you disconnect from the network i guess or reconnect i don't know what that looks like yet but
0: And then we also layer on not just those conditional access policies, but also the continuous access evaluation, risky users, X, Y, and Z, and and all of that goodness on top of it, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that is like we're we're just talking about it like on, you know, being on the network and then when being remote, it's the same experience. Yeah. And, And, you know, maybe an MFA prompt might look, not look bad, but, be disruptive but when you've got windows hello set up that does your mfa prompt for you because it trusts you've signed in with a you know face recognition um, fingerprint or your your pin so it's like you know you've been trusted at that point and then the tpm's now got your you know, trusted mfa prompt in effect so when that is configured i think it will be seamless it might only be that if you're if you are using the like um, if you're out and about, maybe that's when it will do an additional prompt, like it needs to do a, uh, f- a phishing resistant yeah. prompt. Maybe exactly. it might yeah. be something like that. But again, it this is this is how we I'm viewing it because I've not had a chance to sort of test it. I've got a device running some of it, like the internet stuff. Um, but I've not got round to the private access yet.
0: And because it's app proxy, I assume that also means multi-cloud because anywhere that you can deploy app proxy, yep. it can be quotes Yeah, any cloud, private. any,
1: I guess, any partner, any, you know, wherever you may need access to, as long as um, it knows the IP range, things like that. Um, and yeah, the great thing is that there's no public attack surface there apart from it's Microsoft because the app proxies are outbound looking at a queue to then reverse proxy. So that you're not connecting, you don't have a public IP address that's exposed to the internet on four four three, et cetera, and manage that, you know, that risk of vulnerabilities and, and things like that being exposed. Because it's,
0: it's Microsoft's front door at this point. It's not self hosted VPN. Yeah. You know, I, I mean on the client side as well, right? Yeah. It's like that that responsibility has shifted quite considerably into Microsoft's court at that point, right?
1: Yeah, and if there's, I mean, if there's vulnerabilities at Microsoft, you know, that's going to be Office 365 and everything, you know, potentially exposed. So that is, you know, and, you you know, they have to have the agent sign in as a user, do the MFA as required to even get, to that point have the right profile to be able to access to specify what they're allowed to access as well so it's not even like it's um like a um like a v not, not like a vpn because you can lock down vpns and give different profiles but generally it's just like a, an internet pipeline in effect isn't it and then you come out somewhere and if you get the right profile i guess you can then access what you need this is just you, I think you specify the the IPs and what they're what's allowed to access at that point, and then it's as granular as the as the applications, I believe. So, but the per sort of per app access at the moment is only TCP apps apps at the moment. UDP is, is coming is in development.
0: When when you talk about apps, are you talking about um, actual installed applications that are run on the devices as well? Can we tunnel individual apps no, I like think, processes? I think they're,
1: they're talking about, well, I, I don't know is the answer, but I think it's probably talking about the services like SMB, things like that. You, know, you couldn't do you couldn't do UDP, RDP yet kind of thing. Or if you've got a service that is UDP, it, they can't support it yet because it hasn't created that, you know, that two-way connection to prove that it's got that connection there.
0: Yeah, obviously still really new, right? This is, mm-hmm. what state is it? Is it public? Is any of it public preview? You mentioned a private So most of
1: it's right. public preview. There are some private preview features at the moment, which is, I'll just reel them out. It's like dedicated um, public internet traffic forward profile, protecting user access to the public internet while leveraging Microsoft Cloud Delivery, identity aware SWG solution. So that's the you know, for the cloud proxy. Um, web content filtering to regulate access to websites based on their content categories through secure web gateway so the 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 the, you know the web content filtering is not public preview yet Um, and then the other one in there is the the apply universal conditional access policies to all internet destinations even if not federated with microsoft venture id so that i mean that kind of implies that Either you're going to have a policy that says, all oh, internet, you have to meet this criteria to go out to the internet itself, excluding you know, all the Microsoft ones that you need for like Defender for Endpoint and Office 365. Well, not necessarily Office 365, but Enter ID, you know, the core stuff. Or they're going to do it on a site-by-site basis, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's quite interesting. Um, but all the private access stuff, as far as I'm aware, is public preview.
0: Nice. Yeah, sounds really, really good. And I suppose you don't know timelines or anything like that. It seems like quite a big new release, doesn't it? So,
1: yeah, I mean, I've seen, um, I've seen initial. I I need to get into the the private preview read, really see what else is there. But it is new. It's like three or four weeks, well, three or four four weeks old now. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know how long it's going to be in public preview, and how much you know how much more is going to change. Whether those private preview features are going to come out in GA, or they're going to wait for it to you know get this first lot out and then public preview that bit. Yeah, I don't know what stance. It wouldn't surprise me whether this would come GA at Ignite. Kind of feels like the well, that Ignite quickly, is
0: quickly. Do you think
1: it's November, so? quite a few months there and it's been in private before the whole thing right okay so it's not i've just not had access to it but um it's been there for quite some time and i expect a lot of this technology they've already got it's just that they're exposing it to a user-based because this is like in effect you know this is bringing zero trust network access
0: yeah and app proxy was there before right so yep. it's more the front end side of things that it's front more end client. It's more line. the agent bit. Yeah, the agent, yeah.
1: Yeah. And and the internet access bit is the new bit. You know, enter private access really is just enhancing app proxy to do any URL and tunneling to to them.
0: But app proxy would have had that agent on the other side, wouldn't it? Originally. Like that type of technology. Well, I know, because
1: all you'd do is you'd just go to URL and then it would redirect you to your ad and then go via that way this is right. from a network level saying dns or or ip address any port i'm you need to go to microsoft you know it's in effect changing the dns to say you need to go to this i you know this ip you know at this um dns name etc to then be reverse proxied into your organization as okay. i i would see how it works i mean i, I have not dived into it to that level
0: we touched on it brief, brief uh, briefly before. What what are we thinking about pricing? Do we know anything yet? Obviously, it's preview, so we don't get anything like that. Do you know anything about that?
1: So, I've not seen, I've not seen anything around licensing. The only thing I've seen was when I was setting some of it up. It said, you know, you need a minimum of minimum of Azure AD or Microsoft Entra P1. I mean, if it was in P1, I think that would.
0: Isn't that just well, to get you conditional access?
1: Yeah, well, that's the question. How much do you? It's it's interesting because I don't I don't know if you need that just to get Kishu access plus something else. We don't know yet if there's going to be another SKU.
0: because it it feels like there's got to be a a data consumption part of it, right? Because they're proxying your traffic.
1: Yeah, but you don't even with um web proxies today. You don't you pay per user for it.
0: Do you, do you pay for, VP, you know, VPN gateway in Azure? Do you pay data You don't transfer? pay for
1: ingress, you pay for egress, but you're, if egress. you're ingressing, you're going into Azure, aren't you?
0: So you're, but your egress is your downloads, right? To your browser. Yeah. I'm thinking you're watching Netflix through. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Right? I'm watching Netflix and my organization's decided to absolutely put everything through this, right? Are you, are you going to pay for your... I don't know, eight gigabyte I, I, film that you you watched. I assume you
1: are. It's interesting. The thing is, is would the question will be is what do you tunnel and what don't you? Like, it, well, because yeah, exactly. it might be that your company allows it, but they don't want it to be tunneled.
0: Yeah, yeah. it might yeah, be
1: exactly. their you know their applications they want to be able to trust, and yeah. your your plain internet doesn't go over the tunnel. I don't think that's the idea. I think it's the to, to tunnel and, 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 the stuff and, and
0: really. And really, the organisation is—they're going to want risk reduction and assurance against the applications that store sensitive data yeah. about their organisations, right? You know, like you say, you—you you take a stance on certain, you know, um, certain applications. But I suppose it depends what type of company you are, because if you were a big social media agency, as an example, right, you want token protection and you want x y and z right you want all of these zero trust networking things even when you're interfacing with your instagrams and your youtubes and your and all of yeah. that sort of stuff right you know so it, i think it really depends on what type of um organization you are
1: yeah definitely and I, again i yeah i don't i've not dived into it and we again we don't know what microsoft are going to If there's going to be a new skew for it or it's it's not, or maybe you know, private access might become something that is allowed because it's just going through like they do now with app proxy, just slightly more, potentially more data, but yeah, exactly, could yeah. have been the same amount of data. You might have been uploading a big file yeah, to we, it still.
0: Well, we won't know until they actually, you know, um, uh, deploy it. But no, it was that was great. Anything else you want to talk about, Alan? I know it's really new, and you know, caveat is that we haven't played with it you know do get in contact with us if you have played with it because you know really good to see other people's opinions on what you know what what the benefits and value adds are
1: yeah and what what you might be using it for as well just yeah if it's, if it's replacing Scenarios. Yeah. replacing things or it's you know you don't have anything and you it's actually going to fix a hole in in your you know security um plan yeah um I guess the only thing I kind of mentioned it a couple of times about how we deploy it. There's some policy that you deploy in Microsoft Ventures um, portal, but then there's just an agent you download and install. So you can just you know deploy that via Intune or other software you know, deployments. Um, and then when they when someone when a user signs in, it signs that in, and then does the checks, etc. And, and then yeah, and then yeah, it's ready to go. Cool.
0: Cool, great, thanks, for that, Alan. That was that was really good. Um, what's what's for next week?
1: Well, it's your one, isn't it? So oh yeah, it's that... it
0: is my one actually. That's a very good point. We are talking about um Chaos Studio next well, that week. Sounds
1: sounds interesting
0: we love a bit of chaos over here don't we alan that's for Do sure we? <laughs> uh, you might well <laughs> controlled chaos um so um microsoft have got a, a product called um azure chaos studio uh, effectively allows you to um it's not even very very well simulate um, outages and uh, disruptions into um, resources in Azure. Um, so you can set up um, sort of uh, test plans to um, see the effects of certain parts of your application, maybe go offline, start functioning incorrectly, etc. So let's think you've got like a Logic App that might interact with, say, a Key Vault. What happens if you can't access that Key Vault? What happens to your logic app? You know, what happens, you know, in those scenarios. Um so chaos studio wraps a load of um benefits and features in and around that. Um and yeah, I I take, you know, I'll take you through that um and sort of yeah, what the, the value adds are and, and and why you should be using it.
1: That definitely that definitely sounds interesting. Okay, so Did you enjoy this episode? If so, please do consider leaving us a review on Apple or Spotify. This really helps us reach more people like you. Um, If you have any specific feedback or suggestions, um, did I get something wrong? Uh, Do I need to update anything? Um, We have a link in the show notes to get get in contact with us.
0: Yeah, and if you've made made it this far, uh, thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.
1: Yeah, thanks all.